Good evening, everybody. I am with my dear friend, Greg Denham, who is the pastor at Rise Church in San Marcos, California. And I say dear friend, but in all honesty, I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, and, and I say dear friend now, because before you were just an icon, you were bigger than life. And oh, he was the pastor for years, 27 years at Calvary Chapel Auburn up in Northern California a phenomenal evangelist, the Arco Arena up in, in Sacramento. I remember going to your outreaches and they were, they were outstanding, just crazy. And, and I was so blessed. And then uh, I'm invited by Charlie Kirk to go to a church in San Marcos that's invited him, which churches just don't invite Charlie. And certainly, you know, churches that aren't practicing social distancing or mask wearing, uh, they, they're very few and far between. And so I drove all the way down to San Diego and uh, the last thing I expected was to see a, a, another Calvary guy. And I go into this church in San Marcos to see Charlie. And there you are interviewing him. And I'm blown away. And I had a chance to tell you what a fan I was of yours years ago. I lost track of you. And then to realize that you're on the cutting edge of standing against this tyranny. Um, and then I, Rick and I were talking. And I told you that I ran into Greg Denham and that he was going to come up here. We were going to spend some time together, have lunch. And then I wanted to do a live stream with him. I said, and you go, Greg Denham, no way. I mean, I used to be able to close my eyes and I couldn't discern between the two really cool evangelists, Greg or, or Greg Laurie, Greg Denham. And, and just yeah. the same name, same, you know, giftings. And you said, I can't wait to meet him and talk with him. And then we had that chance to do it. Oh, man. And, and one more thing. The other cool thing that blessed me is really how... God has taken you in a season uh, because I remember Auburn being huge. Yeah. And, and San Marcos is a new work for you. Yeah. And I, I still haven't had a chance to hear all that. Yeah. And folks, you'll get a chance to do that. Uh, but this transition is God was formulating an understanding of the contextual understanding of Scripture from a, a, a Jewish perspective. Yeah, right. That, and it, it is cutting edge. Yeah. It's... it's uh, it's different. It's similar to what we're doing in that we're a church that steps into the uh, ecclesia, the public square, right. and churches kind of look at that and go, wow, we don't do that. Well, they used to do it. They just don't want to do it now. Yeah, yeah. But they're also saying, we didn't want to be political, but now politics is entering the church because you, know, you have tyranny up and down the state. So a long introduction for a really cool guy, and I got news for you. The minute he starts talking, you're going to be captivated. Oh. And I think, Rick, you and I are just going to be sitting here smiling a little bit, maybe chiming That's in right. periodically. I'm, amen. I'll be the amen corner. Oh, man. <laughs> I haven't seen Greg since our pastor's conferences when we got together at Mount Hermon uh, back right. in the day. So That's that right. Was, we used to do those with Calvary Chapel San Jose. That's yeah, right. a long time ago. And so that was my only context of really spending time with uh, talk, visiting with Greg a little bit. And, well, and you had been a senior pastor in Auburn for 27 years, and I knew you in the context of being an assistant pastor in San Jose, and I worked with your assistant pastor, Todd Gold. That's right. And we used to do youth events and the God Speak events in San Jose, and oh, man, it's, it's old home week. But I have to tell you, watching as the Lord is assembling all these different players in this move yeah. of what the Holy Spirit is doing, not just in California, but I think across the nation— mm-hmm. And I, I felt, sitting with you at lunch, I just felt like, man, we cut from the same cloth, and oh, now, now the Lord's connected us. So oh, man, I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so honored to be here. And, and if I could just, listen, let me just jump in on something, and that is that, um, man, thank you, for, thank you for your incredible leadership. And 
Um, speaking of Charlie Kirk, I mean, to be frank with you, you, you really inspired us having Charlie because I've been watching you uh, on live stream and things. And, and he had been, of course, at the church numerous times. But let me, let me, talking about actually some context that here you have this genius plan of the Heavenly Father from eternity past to eternity future through Israel. Get, getting to the scriptures, look, you know, I, if, I think if James was, were here, and that is the half-brother of our Lord Jesus, um, we, of course, have, have his book, which is believed to be the first New Testament book penned. Right. He would say, he would say this, and I, I, he would say, look, um, there's a difference between a trial and a temptation. Trials and adversity, we fall into it. Uh, the trials that he was addressing in the first century was, push, was, was injustice towards Jewish followers of Jesus. They were being exploited by wealthy landowners. That was the trial. It's the first subject that he addresses in the book. But there's a difference between a trial and temptation. I'm getting to a point here. I like this. Uh, a, a trial is, is you fall into it, hardship, difficulty, comes in different shapes and sizes. It's not a matter of if, but when. Temptation is a process. There's a hook. Um, it, it, there's, there's a lure and a hook, and, and it's an enticement to take us outside of original design. So, so the first century trial for our Jewish brothers and sisters was they were, be, they were receiving pushback for following Jesus, came in different shapes and sizes. The tempta- it morphed into a temptation. So there's a difference between trial and temptation. But a trial can morph into a temptation. And the temptation was, one of them, was to not gather with fellow believers, to be marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you pick up the Hebrews writer uh, which I believe is Paul personally, is saying, look, you guys, you're experiencing opposition. You're experiencing persecution. Do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren. So, look, you know. Hebrews 10. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10. So, um, I, look, the, 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 the trial, therefore, is COVID. The temptation is to step outside of the original design of the call upon the, our lives of ecclesia, mm-hmm. which means assembly. Now, and we, let's, let's talk, we can talk about further, but actually, I what, actually, what a cool excuse list, me, you are leading the way here. I'm just a schmuck here. On the, um, but I, I just say this today. Schmuck's the, not a good word. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, um, schlep. Okay. So sorry about that. Meshugana. Um, okay. 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 So the, hey, listen, the trial of our time is COVID. The temptation, I am convinced, you know, if James were here, he would say, you guys, come on. Okay, you're, you're experiencing a, a trial, it's COVID, but I don't want you to step outside of ecclesia. Yeah. And, and, so, and, and that's, that's what you're embodying. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, that is such a great insight of James, Jesus' half-brother. And this idea that, that, that you can go through a trial and it can morph into a temptation. Uh, and because we're going to face trial, and, and I was telling you this earlier Americans don't love freedom. They don't love liberty. They love comfort. Yeah. And, that's, and that, that, that's not a mark on Americans. The point is simply this. All mankind loves comfort. Mm-hmm. We don't want trials. Right. We, we don't want something to come at a cost. We want to protect our kids from trials, even though that's what fashions us. And trial produces perseverance, perseverance character. And we go down the whole list. But, but we avoid trials. We abo- avoid difficulty. And... And so we'd rather have comfort. But when we sit back in comfort, where you have abundance that brings that comfort, then that comfort brings apathy, and that apathy brings dependence. And then you get stuck in slavery. 
So when Jews cry out to God, wanting deliverance from being enslaved, and they send the deliverer, and Moses comes, contends with Pharaoh, and then Pharaoh says, I'm going to double the brick output and, and have your materials provided. And it makes their life a living hell. Or you say living Gehenna. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A living Gehenna. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then they start to complain to Moses. And Moses is like, wait a minute. You were the ones who cried to God wanting freedom. Yeah, but we didn't want to pay for it. We don't want to have to labor. We don't want a trial. And everyone loves to have access to things, but now we're watching it get stolen. And the temptation is to just deal with it. Stay closed. Stay oppressed. Stay enslaved. Stay muzzled. Stay shut. Because if you push back against Pharaoh, they're going to fine you, shut you down, and it's a lot easier just to pick on the guy that's doing it. And that's not you. The minute I walked in to Rise Church in San Marcos, you were so unbelievably encouraging. I mean, you already had that ability, but I've never had a personal conversation with you. I've seen that on a big stage with thousands of people that they're endeared to the personality God's given you. And I thought that that, that works for a room full of people, but face to face, you are just an encourager. You're a blessing. I, I sat with you today and I just, I'm on cloud nine. You're, you're a gift. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's, it, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to be with you. And I, and I just want to say, you know, getting back to the trials real quick. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons that, that James says to consider it joy, which is not like if we're going through adversity, we have to be happy about it. But actually, when we face adversity, it's an opportunity to, in a new way, see the faithfulness of God at play. You know, we, we were talking a little bit, of, you know, your, your father was a, was, a, was a Navy man, a yeah, Navy, Navy leader, Navy captain. And I was talking a little bit about my, my grandfather, who was also down in Coronado there. He was a, 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 a squadron leader. He's a um, pilot, too. He's a pilot, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, a few days before Pearl Harbor, you know, took off on a plane and the plane failed. Um, and, and he didn't fail, but the plane failed. But look, when we face adversity and trials, we can consider it joy because our Lord never fails. That the, the, the testing of our faith has less to do with our strength, has all to do with his strength. That's why we ought to consider it joy. So, um, you know, I mean, think about it. Like, here, here we are amidst this unique COVID trial. Uh, the word of God always gives us true north. We're not to forsake ecclesia. And, and, Explain and, ecclesia, yeah. by the way, for those tuning in. You've yeah. heard the term, but maybe some new turning in. Tuning in. Uh, ecclesia is when Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. Uh, King James translated it church. But in the original Greek, the word uh, is, is translated ecclesia which the word truly means assembly or public square. Right, Rick? I mean, we were covering that earlier. It means, yeah. it's a secular term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think that, yeah. I think it's rude is the called out ones. They're called out to come together. And uh, Yeah, so, the, the, yeah, and you know, you First Corinthians, you have this, 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 great, this great introduction of the Apostle Paul who identifies the assembly of God. It's translated assembly of God, ecclesia of God, um, and to the saints who are, who saint means separate, um, and to be sanctified. So the, the, so I, I see that what this is, what Paul is saying is that, is that believers are to gather locally. 
we are saints, saints assemble, and saints are called to live a, uh, in a counter to, the, uh, to a culture that is breaking down. The church mm-hmm. is the counterculture to a culture that is breaking down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the word of God always gives us what true north is. So, so here, I, so, so leaders such as yourself, I can say, and thank you for doing what you're doing, that's, that's honoring the Lord by opening the church or fighting for mm-hmm. ecclesia, meaning assembly of the saints, mm-hmm. because the church is a local assembly of believers. We need to fight for it. In fact, let me just say something. In this crazy time, um, you know, uh, we're, we're amidst a church plan, and, 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 and it's going really well. In fact, I, I would say this is during COVID has, has been one of the most fruitful times with well, people coming to the Lord. I gotta, it's amazing. I got to yeah. interject this. Yeah, please. You said something just as we were getting ready to to go live. Uh, you said your your church was a plant, a church plant. Yeah. And I saw the building, and and you're there, and it's it's out there a, yeah. a ways in San Marcos. I get up there. Not only was the sanctuary, which isn't massively large, yeah. and but it, it pretty decent size. It was packed. Yeah. There were people in the courtyard and every annex building, and you're broadcasting Charlie, and there's people sitting everywhere. Yeah, and you said your church after Charlie came exploded. Yeah, it did. It was it was just fantastic. I mean, you know, obviously having Charlie there was was a huge draw. So, but it it did it by threefold. Interestingly, the next week, and I texted Charlie, let him know. I said, you know, Charlie, be encouraged because there's a huge hunger out there, and there's a huge hunger for of believers to gather. In fact, I'm actually convinced the Holy Spirit is actually drawing out his church. There's a shaking going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it, and, and, and one of the things about chaos is that chaos can, will ultimately provide some form of clarity because that which is not shaken will be known. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like a sifter. It's you, like a shaking. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's the gold. Or, yeah. And, and, and listen, I, and I, would, diamond. I, I would encourage pastors, and, and I know you, this is what you've been been saying for so long, but I want to encourage pastors to, to open their doors and to, and to fight mm-hmm. for yes. mm-hmm. ecclesia to, to gather. And, and I have to tell you, while we've seen growth by the grace of God, it reflects the hunger in the community as well for people to, to get to a church and be with other believers, to worship the Lord, upreach, inreach, and outreach. Um, I have to tell you that um, there, was a, there was a time, you know, three or four months ago during kind of this crazy, crazy up and down with our governor and people were kind of freaked together. We had 14 people, 14 people on a Sunday morning, which is fine. The worship leader doesn't sh- didn't show up, which is great. He wasn't feeling very well. But, but here's, Did he have I, COVID? No, no. no. <laughs> I want to make this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the most beautiful, weighty times with other believers. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been in, in so many leadership meetings with pastors, more leadership meetings than I've ever been. It's been like you know, these Zoom calls. And, and, and one of the pastors is a very prominent brother. I love him so much. But he's basically, his premise is, look, we're not going to get together until um, our, our online service is, is our, our in-person service can be, you know, more exceptional and more inspiring than our online service, which I, which I always felt was such a false premise, um, for one, because, like, how do you even measure that? But I, getting back to the 14 people, um, and that is that, look, worship leaders doesn't show up. Look, we prayed, we studied the Bible, we were together. I'm just telling you, as you gather in the name of Jesus, there's something very powerful yeah, that takes yes. place. 
and mm-hmm. um, and and and, and well, I'll tell you what. One of the things that that kind of scares me, if I get to say, and that is, if we don't fight for ecclesia, mm-hmm. um, I'm 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 super concerned. This is a, a karyos moment that we're going to lose, and we're going to lose people mm-hmm. because the 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 background currents of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of deception and darkness are radical at this time. So he used a, a term, keros. Uh, there, there's chronos and keros. Yeah. One is this period of time that's phenomenal, and chronos is just time on a clock. Exactly right. But you're talking about this is a significant mm-hmm. moment in time, a kairos. That's exactly this right. Is, this mm-hmm. is, will be remembered and echoed through the halls of history kind of thing. I, 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 like, like Churchill, uh, that shows our finest hour. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is a curious moment. You know, there's a lot of talk about fear these days, right? Yeah. I mean, our president, what did our president recently say? Just don't let, don't let COVID, like, dominate you, mm-hmm. triumph over you. I mean, um, and, and as I see it, there's at least three types of fear. And, and one is, is there's a, there's a fear of, of projecting the what-ifs of the future into the present that robs you from the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that I makes that's a great description. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that makes things that are not real, real, for mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys remember uh, Wizard of Oz, those flying monkeys? I mean, we're basically the same age. I'm like six months older than you. But watching, like, the Wizard of Oz and those stinking flying monkeys and Wicked Witch when I, I was a kid. I, I remember it. Yeah, like... Well, that almost sent me into the like uh, to, to need therapy. At seven <laughs> years old. And then when the wicked witch was, w- you know, met her demise, I, I just felt felt this like sense of shalom come over me. You know, shalom sense, is peace. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> sense of well being. Okay, but but the thing is, is that I mean, but those flying monkeys like were wrecking my life. They, they were not real. Of course, but I was like fear by nature is you, you are you're overwhelmed and you can be overwhelmed by the greatness of God, which dispels all lesser fears. And that's the fear that is to to, to inspire us and to be lifting us up. I mean, you know, you know, Samuel told Saul, only fear the Lord and serve him and remember the great things he has done. Only fear yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, I, and, and listen, someone that may be watching that is, is battling with fear. I mean, I get it. I mean, we all at one time or another, but there is, there is that fear of being beautifully overwhelmed with the greatness of who he is, that he is in the room with you, yeah. that he loves us and things. But the thing is, is this, is that there is a definite, like terrible fear that is, that is, totally driven by what is not real but makes what is not real real and um and that and and it's important for believers to recognize that which means of course we live in in this time of this pandemic has been called like a scandemic because the numbers are not supporting it right yeah so so yeah so there you go Uh, one one guest um episodes back used an acronym for fear false evidence appearing real yeah, I thought that was a great yeah. acronym mm-hmm. because you, you, fear is a powerful weapon to control people. Oh, you don't you're you're going to kill everybody. You 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 need to wear that. And watching people move away, someone walking on the street. It, I, I saw a picture of a, a a man six feet apart waiting for a drink in New York. Somebody's getting. And he's just and and you can tell he's autistic. But it's so ingrained in him that he's, he's pinning himself to the wall to keep a six-foot distance. 
And, and you think, you did this to the man. Yeah. This, this, this is the result right of your government malfeasance. Yeah. And, and you're, you're putting false evidence out. Mm-hmm. And it's appearing real to the folks that are getting duped. And, and it's, it's messing with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and the church has to combat yeah. that. But you've been very open. Hey, if you have those um, concerns concerns with yeah. your health, please right. watch online. Right. But we had uh, Dr. Anderson a, uh, has a PhD in psychology. She was quoting to us all the actual scientific studies of the benefits of church. And we had her on this week. And um, she was saying that when you come to church, it lowers your blood pressure. But in the same metric to measure online, it did not lower blood pressure. Yeah, so the, the atmospheric presence of real community. I can see yeah, you, yeah, I can yeah. touch you, yeah. I can, you know, I mean, yeah. that yeah. that intimacy has, um, he inhabits the praises of Yeah, people. that's right, that's right. They're, you're still alone in front of your computer screen. I mean, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, I just got a call from a reporter okay. of a county paper. Okay. And then I should, said this in another broadcast, but the reporter called and said, um, the, the congresswoman our Congresswoman, Julia Brownlee, who's running against Rhonda Baldwin Kennedy, who's a Republican running against Congresswoman Brownlee. And I, and I, I like Congresswoman Brownlee. I've, I've had conversations with her. She's a pleasant lady. I, I don't agree with her politics, but she's very endearing. She's, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was so bummed because the, the reporter is repeating what they said. And Congresswoman Brownlee said, I refuse to have an in-person debate with Rhonda Baldwin Kennedy because she was on the God Speak live stream, not practicing social distancing and touching. Even though Rhonda's tested negative, I've tested negative, they they don't take that into consideration, but they would remove remove the, 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 the need... For the community to see these two people debating in, uh, so that we can make the decision on who we will consent to govern. And instead of debating or putting plexiglass or whatever it is to do your deal, they refused to debate face-to-face. Or no, Rhonda didn't. Um, uh, Congre- uh, Julia did. And, and they're blaming us. So the Constitution that the Congresswoman swears to defend that the governor is violating, she weaponizes to remove the chance for the citizenry to see the two of them debate so that we can make a decision on who we would decide would govern by our consent. Mm -hmm. And they use us as an excuse for that. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything that is is more sad than that. It just, it it burdened me Mm -hmm. because, come on. You're weaponizing right. this for political purposes. Right. If, if you really believe social distancing works and you believe, then, then plexiglass the thing. But, but don't impugn a church. And, they, they, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a political statement to say mm-hmm. uh, they're in direct violation of the governor's order. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't come to the defense of the common people. They wanted to make an issue of it. Yeah. It's so sad. And it, when you've experienced it, it's uh, uh, having last month, 
you know, my dad's 82. He's sick. I just go to visit him and, and he's feeling poorly. And I'm like, I, th- I think this is COVID. Let's take you to the doctor, dad. So we go and get the test and he gets the results and he's got uh, the coronavirus. Where does he live? In uh, Idaho, in Idaho Falls. And with my stepmom, and my dad's 82, my stepmom's 72. And Tammy and I basically said, well, I guess we're in. We'll just quarantine with them. And, and uh, we're holding hands at dinner. And I mean, because the extreme, you're, you're supposed to live in an isolated room, have your own. It's like a smallpox party. Exactly. Uh, and uh, you're supposed to have a mask with all, I mean, have no contact with your family. And my dad had a flu-like symptoms for three days. Um, Tammy and I had headaches for a couple of days, chills, fever one afternoon. And uh, we moved on and life just continued to roll and to penalize 99% of the population um, with those who have those core morbidity issues, which I sh- we should protect. We should, I mean, I, oh, I, can't, I can't... I mean, all of us would say... In every way we could, we would protect those who are in danger. But there's 99% of the population that can live life, go to work, go to school, and most importantly to, for us spiritually, go worship the Lord yeah, and yeah, spend yeah. time together and be encouraged. I, I want to transition this to San Diego or San Diego sure. County because the average, the average, the median age of... COVID victims, and, and I'm not going to de- delineate between those who died with or those who died from, although that is an enormous issue that has never been addressed mm-hmm. and really needs to be. It's the only time in the history of America that we have tracked the virus that way. Mm-hmm. For example, we've had a fentanyl yeah. overdose. Yeah. They tested positive for COVID. They died with COVID. Yeah, yeah. And that's counted. Yeah. Unbelievable. Only two people in our entire county uh, at the last... Um, freedom of information request, only two people died from COVID. Huge difference in the number. But my point is this. The median age of those that they attribute having tragically died in the United States, the median age is the mid-70s. The life expectancy is in the mid-70s. But what we've taken away from our children, and there's been... No deaths of any healthy children. Now, there's some with severe comorbidities, and they're very few. But 99.9999% of our children have never died. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no death. But we have ruined their lives. Yes. Emotionally scarred them. Mm-hmm. Government malfeasance. Mm-hmm. Destroyed their families' businesses. Ruined the state's economy. Mm-hmm. And... Now they've politicized it, and they're shutting churches, but every one of the folks that demeans us and ridicules us embraces the BLM riots and marches. I've said this often, that if you can come to church, but fear keeps you away, meaning the, 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 the live fellowship of people, but fear keeps you away, uh, it, the the screen will sustain you for a season, yeah. but it's like watching a fireplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you can hear it, you can see it, but you can't feel the warmth. It's like watching Bobby Flay on a on a throwdown. Yeah, you know, the food looks amazing, but you're not going to be able to taste it. Yeah, you you can visualize it, 
And, and there's something about when, when we took communion April 4th on Palm Sunday yeah. in defiance of the governor declaring the church to be non-essential, we, we didn't know the severity of the virus, so we followed the CDC standards. We were just upset that, you know, you, an uh, abortion clinic could be open, a, a cannabis distributor could be open, a liquor store could be open, but the church was not essential even if you followed the same standards that the rest of those essential organizations follow. So we followed them because the church is essential. It was our holy week and it was a sacrament. It's Passover, man. Yeah, and it took week. us three and a half hours, a sanctuary that holds 400. We had 10 chairs. It took us three and a half hours. People spaced six feet apart. God bless you. Good job. <laughs> and the press covered this like we were going to kill everybody. Yeah. And to the press's credit, they said, you know what? It's cleaner than any other place we've been to that is quote unquote essential. And they did it well. Um, but that day on communion, it, it took the longest of any communion I've ever done. And yet it was the most profound. Yeah, beautiful. The Love simple it. fact that people would hold that CU and they would be taking from the same yeah. loaf of bread. Yeah. We, we broke it out, but it was, you know, yeah. one body, one loaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was touching. It was moving. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Great leadership there. Yeah. I've gone it, man. The church is essential. What can I say? Church is essential. Yes. I'm going to touch on your lifeguard thing, but Rick, and I'll do that towards the end because I have something I want to share with you. Yeah. You look like you had something on your mind or was it just you smiling like you always do? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just enjoying um, hearing the journey that you two are on because it's, uh, I think for, you can't underestimate the, the willingness to continue on with your wife in tears after the police officer shows up. Yeah. You know, I mean, our wives are really tender. Yeah. And I don't know about, I, my wife's the ultimate rule follower, whatever the rules are. Right. Just right. tell me the rules. Right. I don't right. want to color outside the lines. The rules are found in Hebrews 10. <laughs> uh, but um, that it's no lighthearted issue to um, be in court, to yeah. be, yeah. because all of us want to be, good citizens, right? Yep. It's, it's hard to be a good Christian and a bad citizen, we, to be salt and light. But in this case, the civil disobedience uh, that really, from my perspective, needs to be played out, that you guys are taking that step, taking the, uh, you know, the first people that over the top, out of the foxhole towards the fight. And I'm just really proud of you guys because there's so many people that, and granted in our movement, uh, in a pastor-led movement, we have the freedom to move ahead. Yeah. We have the freedom to lead from the front. And for a lot of these churches, some of the pastors want to do exactly what you're doing, but they'll have a board uh, of elders that, won't let them. that are holding them back or that are telling them, hey, there's too much on the line. We don't want to, I mean, the legal fees alone will crush many small churches. I mean, there's no way they can fight that fight, right, Rob? I mean, yeah. financially, unless they have a benevolent um, group of people that come together or a benefactor that would help them. I would say to the churches that don't reopen mm -hmm. and want to and know they should. Yeah. I would say support the churches that are, I mean, sure. we're, yeah. we, we've built enough to be able to contend in the court mm -hmm. uh, for our case. Mm -hmm. we, we, we counted the cost before we entered in. We're, we're ready for, them taking everything. We're, we're prepared for this fight. We didn't go in half-cocked. We're ready for this fight. Yeah. We will be a formidable opponent. Mm -hmm. There are some churches are doing it 
and they're in counties that have some bigger guns and are um, I want to I, I wanted to say corrupt, but I don't know if that's fair. But they are fully aligned to to make a concerted effort to shut them down and make an example of them. Yes. And so one in particular is a church up in uh, San, uh, San, San Jose. Mm-hmm. We're going up there, Charlie and I, and I'm going to go infuse them with some encouragement, and, and we're going to put some backers behind them mm-hmm. and, and help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, look at, I look at Pastor John MacArthur, and he just did a video that's getting out on, on social media, uh, Open Your Churches. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is John MacArthur. Yeah. Tell me you can contend with him theologically, who's written, you know... A hundred books. A hundred books. A hundred books. And and he can can turn you into a pretzel. (laughs) And you're going to tell me that that you have a better reason theologically to stay closed? You're contending with John MacArthur. Mm -hmm. Now, in all fairness, John, Pastor John used to you know, kind of call the, the founders rebels and outside the mm-hmm. will of God in Romans 13. And mm-hmm. now I'm listening to him quote the founders. And this is an awakening for him as well. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but at his age, mm-hmm. at his age, yeah. it's like, he reminds me of Elisha on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. When, uh, is it Joash comes in? I, the king comes in mm-hmm. and, and Elisha says, you know, shoot an arrow out the east window. Mm-hmm. And he shoots it out the east window. He says, now strike the ground. Mm-hmm. He strikes it two or three times. Mm-hmm. And Elisha, who was the mother man of Israel, he was, he was a lovey-dovey guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. like Elijah, who mm-hmm. just burn it down. <laughs> Elisha was a loving guy. Mm-hmm. It says of Elisha that he raged with anger mm-hmm. at this young king. Because mm-hmm. he's laying in his deathbed with a disease that would ultimately take his life. And he looks at that young king and he said, you struck the ground two or three times. You should have struck it five or six. Yep. And what he was saying is, I'm old and dying, and I have more zeal than you do young and vibrant. Yes. Yes. Amen. And I'm looking at, at this mm-hmm. lion, this elderly lion, John MacArthur, mm-hmm. and these young bucks who got the cool haircut and the neat tats and all the, they're, they're relevant with the generation, and they're theologically empty. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Listen, just remember what the Lord said. You know, in some say four months, the harvest. But, but I say to you, mm-hmm. look up. Mm-hmm. Look up your, because your it's white. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's the the harvest is white now, and it's mm-hmm. and um, listen. I would never have dreamed ever, ever, ever have dreamed that our church is where it's at presently. Never. I mean, in other words, I, I, I never dreamed in a few months we'd be ministering to as many people as we mm. are. I, I didn't. I didn't dream of this. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't whiteboard this out. Right. Uh, we're, we're just taking steps, trying to be honoring the Lord with the word of God, uh, mm-hmm. giving us enough light for the next step. Yeah. Um, and I would just encourage my precious, my precious brothers uh, out there, leaders, fellow pastors, ecclesia, ecclesia, ecclesia. Amen. Well, I think that also we have to talk about the Such elephant in the room, room just for a moment. For okay, I'll those. leave. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that is... Uh, the fear, fear is usually paralyzing because we're That's afraid right. of losing something. Right. What are we going to lose? Yeah. And in right, this case, right. to me, I, I think the greatest fear is losing the liberty to be citizens of our nation, to exercise our worship. But there's churches, and Rob, I want to just you to speak to this about 
for a moment that you knew a long time ago when you moved in this building, this is a year and a half ago, there's nothing on the horizon about COVID, right? And you had a situation where the ownership could have been Calvary Chapel, God speaks of this facility. You saw on the horizon, and because that's really what leadership is, it's about seeing the future. And you didn't want that. The gentleman, the, the brother in the Lord, as you worked through this process of getting a, uh, a facility, um, you wanted to be in the place that, you know what? They can take it all, I'm standing, and they can have the facility, they can have the property, they can have, because they're going to take away our, uh, it, I mean, um, it was President Johnson that got the bill passed that churches could not speak up, right, yeah. about elections yeah. because yeah. he got so beat up. The Johnson and Amendment. Yeah. The Johnson Amendment. And, or you're going to lose your tax-exempt status. Never been enforced, by the way. Yeah, so exactly. How many people are afraid that they're going to lose that tax-exempt status? We make a stand, we're going to lose these certain people in our congregation. We make a stand, I'm going to lose my position as the pastor with the Board of Elders. And there's so many things that people, I'm just afraid of losing. And, um, and yet... There's, there's a cost. We had a lot of hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to step up. Yeah. So when, when we were contemplating this, Mm -hmm. um, there, there was a series of hurdles. One was I sat with my wife and the two of us talked. I said, look, if we do this, we could lose our house. Mm -hmm. We'll get audited by the IRS. We're going to get threatened. Um, it'll, it'll devastate us financially. Mm Mm-hmm. We've been there before. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? My wife, she's like, yeah, I'm good with that. I, we sat That's with a godly family. woman. Tell me exactly. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tell me about it. I think it. we're all married very extraordinary. Yes. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Although she is Excuse evil. She is evil. But that's great for the process. You, you know, because I, I'm saying something. She is yeah. evil. She connects tubes to my body, steals my youth, and transfers her fat <laughs> when I'm sleeping. <laughs> Nobody knows that. <laughs> That's why she's so beautiful. But go ahead, you were saying. <laughs> well, I'm you're that first step, which there was other hurdles that what because a pastor, obviously, if he's gonna make the, he's gotta have that conversation with his wife, right? Yeah, the Bible says count the cost yeah. be, before you build the tower. Well, she's gotta be with him. Yeah. Because it's hard to fight two fronts. Yeah. Right? You Ooh. have to you have to have unity. Yeah. So that was the first one and it was a go. Then we sat with the kids. They're like Dad, we've always known. Yeah, we're in. I'm like, all right. You know, our name's going to be scorned. They're going to make fun of you. You ran for office. We've already had our family photo with devil's heads and people sending us that we're, we're okay, Dad. I'm like, all right. Great kids. And death threats. Yeah, death threats. Yeah, go out to your car. That's a fun one. Good luck starting your car, Pastor. That's Uh-oh. a really fun note yeah, to have. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, oh, come on. I'm immortal till God's done with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. And, and, then, and, and then to go before the staff, all you guys are going to be without employment. You good with that? We're good with it. Then you sit with the 15 elders. These are guys who have fiduciary liability with their businesses and their practices and all that. And we've got 15 guys that, that take that position voluntarily, but because we're an organization or corporation, they face fiduciary liability. And we laid it out. And I was thinking, mm, this is going to be a tough one. Unanimous. It's like they, they didn't awesome. even, they just, we're in. That's awesome. Then I called the landlord. And I said, I have a fiduciary responsibility to you. 
they could, they could remove your tenant. They could turn off your water, turn off your power, maybe put a lien on your property. I mean, there's no end to what they can do. Mm-hmm. And, and for all intents and purposes, they, they could take your building mm-hmm. if they so become that yes. tyrannical. Mm-hmm. And they said, we gave that building to the Lord a long time ago. You go for it. We're with you. Last one, congregation. We stood in front, shared with them everything, and standing ovation awesome. every service. Yeah. We're in. So I would say we're all rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And, and people say, you know, you're so brave. Mm-hmm. I may be standing, but every person I've just listed yeah. is holding us up. That's I right. mean, right. to sit in a court and hear the judge speak, whatever you say, right. We've already surrendered. You can't take something that that we already gave. Yeah. I, I promised you when you were talking about the the, the lifeguard illustration. You were talking about yeah. s- seven out of eight or uh, the yeah. people don't know that they're even caught in a current right that's taking them into danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to close because we're at the top of the hour. I wanted to close with this thought, and and I'll I'll set it up, and then you hit it out because okay. you're the evangelist. Okay. I was a lifeguard, and I, I told a guy, a group of guys, to move out of a rip current. And a rip current occurs when a, a, a mass body of water is thrust upon the, the land. And then it's going to have to find itself back to the ocean. So it finds the path of least resistance, whether it's a channel in the sand, and it creates a reverse river, and it takes people out to see where they can't touch, can't tread water. They're not good swimmers. They may be touching the ground, but this river pulls them out. And now they can't tread water. They're not good swimmers. They're out too far and they drown. And that's the great threat in the California beaches when you're lifeguarding. You're looking for the development of a rip current. You can start to see the signs of it. And you, you, you park a vehicle in front, tell people to move before that starts to take folks out. Well, when you warn them, they're unaware of it, and oftentimes they give you the international sign to get lost. Because, hey, we know what we're doing. Get yeah, lost, yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid lifeguard. Yeah. And there was a group of guys out there. They were all wearing Raiders outfits. I was a Charger fan. And you're in San Diego, dude. What are you wearing Raiders for? <laughs> uh, and, and we tell them to move because we see a rip current building. And there was a heavyset guy there with a Raiders thing on, and he was the most vehement. He really gave me the sign to get lost. This wave hits. We see it. We're telling them to move. They aren't listening. Mm. They are listening, but they're responding adversely. And it hits because we know what we're looking for. We see it, and we know what's going to happen to you, and it takes them out. It's at the end of the day. We've had a lot of rescues that day because the, the waves were big, and I'm freezing cold, and I'm low man on the totem pole sitting shotgun. And the tower radios and says, go. That means you've got to pop your Peterson tube. You've got to put your fins on. You've got to swim out and get this kid. All the others managed to get their feet on ground and get back in. This guy got sucked out. And he's heavy. And he's, he's purple. He looks like Barney, you know. And, and I, I swim out there, and I'm angry because I'm cold. And this guy is a Raider fan. And he flipped me off. And he didn't listen. And now my day has been ruined. Right. And I get out there, and I just give him the tube. I say, here, let's go. He goes, I don't need it. I'm fine. Well, first of all, I can tell. I'm a nationally ranked swimmer. I can tell you're not fine. You're not going to get in. You're what we call climbing the ladder. You look stupid. (laughs) 
And we're getting further and further out. It's going to make it harder and harder for me to get you in. And you're a big boy. Now grab the tube. He's like, no, I'm, I got this. And now I'm, I'm angry because I'm shivering, I'm cold, and I can't leave him. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility, even to the people that are obstinate. Yeah. So I'm floating on this tube, and I said, I, I got to stay here. And finally, he aspirates water, he's panicking, and he says, help, help, I, I need it. And I go, I'm only going to give it to you if you say please. <laughs> do you really? I did. I wasn't a believer then. I go, you're, you're going to say please. He's like, what? I go, I've been out here freezing. I knew you needed to be saved. You're more concerned with your friends on the beach. And looking that, cool. That, and looking cool. Than you. I, I know you need to be saved. Now grab the tube, but only after you say please. He's yeah. like, please. I'm like, great. I hook him up. I bring him in. All of his friends are laughing at him. He grabs his stuff. He says, he saved my life. You're laughing. You're not my friends. He leaves. Such an illustration that would come to me later in life when I come to know Christ. That we're more concerned about the people on the beach that managed to get their way out of harm's way. But we reject the the clarion call of danger. That's right. As as the culture is taking us out to drown us. Mm -hmm. And your whole life, you you have been a voice of calling people to the Savior, Mm -hmm. to the lifeguard. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell everyone about Jesus. Yeah, listen, well, oh, great illustration. You know, Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction. Many go that way. He said there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life. Few be that find it. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except to be through me. Not a way, a truth, a life, but the way, the truth, the life to a to the heavenly Father. I mean, so let me just say this. You know, you know, maybe you're you're wondering, like, you know, I've heard a little bit about Jesus, about church, and about truth, and you're you're wondering, like, what what? How can how can I know like the Lord that they are talking about? And, and let me just summarize it. Number one, recognize what the Lord has done for you. He not only made you and created you. You're not a byproduct of mindless nature. You're not a mistake. He to- he totally loves you, and he's revealed himself to us. And in fact, it could be said that unless unless the one who made us reveals himself to us, we have no idea why we're even here on planet Earth. And he has. And he sent his only begotten son to demonstrate his incredible love by giving himself on the cross. And it could be said that on the cross, with one hand, Jesus reached up, he took the hand of the Father, and with the other, he reaches out to every single human being. But look, he won't force himself on you. Okay, it's like, it gets back to your illustration. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, in fact, he resists the proud, which means the self-sufficient, I got this. No, he resists. Mm-hmm. He gives grace to like, I need help. I need help outside of myself. So we don't want to live in denial that like, um, I, you know, I'm a creation. I, I need help outside my, myself. I need the Lord. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So recognize what he's done for you. He not only made you, he loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. Mm-hmm. He sent his son to demonstrate his love, die on the cross, bridge the gap between God and man. Listen, the core problem of man is a separation from God. And so in other words, the core problem of your life outside of Christ is, is not a right relationship with the one who made you. That's why there's emptiness, fear of death, shame, mm-hmm. guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then three days later, Jesus resurrected, demonstrating he's the son of God. And he's creating all things new in himself and he's coming again. Mm-hmm. Question is, what are you going to do with that? And Jesus mm-hmm. said, unless you repent, 
which means really turning from a self-centered life to a God-centered life, mm-hmm. you'll perish. So it's like he's not going to force himself on you, mm-hmm. but he'll, he will be right there as soon as you're willing to say, Lord, ah, I need you. It's like, I need you. He'll be right there in full strength to give you. And he won't make you say please. And he won't make you say please. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And and finally, listen, he really is just a prayer away. Those who call upon the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. So... would you lead everybody in that prayer? Yeah, I would love to. Because there's probably folks out there, that's the first time they've ever heard the gospel presented so clearly. Mm Because I butcher it every time. Mm -hmm. And the word gospel means good news. Really good news. The, the, The good news is... God has reconciled himself to you through Jesus Christ. You call upon his name and you will be saved. Jesus, save me. That's right. And, and he's, he's, in the, he's in that current with you. He's right with you in the midst of all the heartache That's right. and the struggle. He's waiting for you to just say, I'll take the two. That's right. Oh, I love that. Listen, yeah. he really is just a prayer away. And Do it. I, I would love to lead you in a word of prayer. And I would just want to encourage you wherever you are. Just, hey, pray this prayer with me because this is a prayer of asking Christ Amen. to be your Savior. And, and Lord. all three of us have done this in our life. And it's Amen. been revolutionary. That's life exactly life. right. Yeah. So you can pray this prayer just like this. Pray after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I call upon you now. I call upon you now. To be my Savior and Lord. To be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Resurrecting from the dead. Resurrecting from the dead. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But you're a great Savior. But you're a great Savior. Lord, come into my life. Come into my life. Fill me with the life of God. Fill me with the life of God. Teach me to follow you. Teach me to follow you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for making me your child. Thank you for making me your child. Both now and forever. Now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's awesome. That's it. That's how our life that's how our life with the Lord began. Amen. That's right. Um, that's I, right. I did it many, many years ago. And you know what? It was the greatest thing I ever did. Amen. Me too. Oh man. Never been the same. Never been the same. Yeah. He hears that prayer. He hears he's faithful. Every good thing in my life mm-hmm. is because of that prayer. Yeah, Amen. that's right. Amen. And that's every so bad true. thing in my life is what I had before that prayer. So true. Mm-hmm. And that's the Lord. I love it. And even all the bad things I did before that prayer, he, he worked together for good. God rocks. Yeah, God rocks. Amen. Uh, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. Info at godspeak.com. Any way we can get you a Bible and bless you and encourage you. Pastor Greg, thank you for blessing oh, us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It's such a joy. Uh, thank you so much. Thank, well, you. thank you, Rick. Love uh, you. Um, I, I'm going to... Since we're in a new studio, we don't have the Lord's Prayer, or, I mean the blessing from Deuteronomy 6, yeah. so, or number 6. Right. So I'm going to do my best to remember it. Well, I'll just say, no. Okay. The Lord bless thee, the Lord keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee. Uh, Lord raise and, up his countenance. And may the Lord raise up his countenance upon you yeah. and give you, you peace. Be, yeah. Numbers are Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you guys. Number 6. I always screwed up. (laughs) God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night.